Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. This is Scott, and today Josh and I interview Nick Reyes. Nick is the chief happiness officer for Push Press. He's a gym owner, a Marine Corps veteran, and a career sales professional. Nick's wife, Cameron, and him have been married for 10 years. He's the father of an almost seven-year-old daughter named Mila and an 18-month-old son named Xander. In this episode, Nick shares his amazing process of recording and handing a legacy down to his kids. I don't think you can afford not to listen to this. It is absolutely amazing what he's done, and his stories are really interesting. Welcome to the show, Nick. We're really excited to have you. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. What's up, Nick? Hey, how's it going? So uh, tell us what's going on in your your life right now. Oh, man. Uh, Present day is actually going to wind into what we're going to talk about today. did a, uh, a workout after my, after my father today called wild bill. I do it every single, um, uh, every single year on the first week of June. Um, since that is when he, uh, uh when he passed, uh, for any of those who own a gym, uh, again, I call it wild bill. It's 11 clusters at 185, 29 strict handstand pushups and a 58 calorie row sprint with no clock. Normally I play some country music, Sometimes I play some classic rock because that's what Dad would have would have just jammed out to. So yeah, I actually did that with a uh, with a group of buddies today. That's so cool. So you kind of created. Um, there are some listeners that aren't CrossFit followers or, or don't. Right. Really, you created basically a hero a hero workout for your your father. A hero workout for my hero. That's right. <laughs> so cool. See, so um, what's the significance of the numbers and the and the things that you were talking about? Because usually in these workouts, there's there's significance to everything you do. Right, right. That was his date of birth, right? So the 11, 29, 58, um, the movements uh, for those who are not uh, CrossFitters, um, a heavy barbell, so some heavy lifting, uh, some uh, fairly skilled volume gymnastics there, and then just some put your head down and work hard. And my, uh, my dad, I always would, would say that he was very much a, uh, a jack of all trades, could do anything, could draw, could read a legal document. I mean, you name it, he could do it. So threw in everything that I could figure and let's get after it. That's really cool. That's, that's yeah. really cool. So like, let's, you know, you're on the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast where we talk about fathers, <laughs> the perfect segue into, you know, your upbringing, your relationship with your, your father and the men in your lives. Yeah. Um, so, uh, born in downtown KCK, uh, inner city kid, uh, not great neighborhood. Um, mom and my, my, uh, my birth father got divorced when, uh, when I was little. Um, and from that point, uh, moved in with my grandmother and grandfather. So mom was a waitress, right. Couldn't really afford to, uh, to go out and do her, her own thing, get us a nice apartment or any of that other stuff. Right. So moved in with grandma and grandpa and, uh, from that point, really gravitated towards uh, towards my grandfather. Had some had some older cousins, none of them who really lived in the area. I was kind of the baby boy, you know. That I think he would be as I grew up. It was like, oh, let's go miniature golfing. Let's watch the the, the Chiefs play together and be terrible. Let's watch the Royals be terrible. Um, you know, it was always Grandpa. I remember the uh, the a wooden bowl full of uh, uh, you know twigs, and he would pull his handkerchief out and set it on my lap. Um, a different generation, right? The, uh, as opposed to us, would have had hand my daughter a paper towel, you know what I mean? And, um, so yeah, uh, fast forward a little bit and my mother remarried. Um, the, the, the guy who I actually named 
who, who the workout is for, right? Um, his name's Bill Barker. And um, man, just, he had a, he had a kid my age, about my age. His name is Justin. Great stepbrother, awesome stepbrother. Um, and uh, who, who I'm lucky enough to have an amazing relationship with who lives here in the Kansas City area uh, and who I get to see uh, quite frequently. So, um, yeah. Well, thankfully, uh, your teams aren't bad anymore. Yeah, it took a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a while. And, and you know what? That's a, that's a whole nother subject. You want to talk about, uh, maybe we'll jump into that later, but like some of the, some of the, the, the reasons that we cheer on sports teams as fans and, and the connections that, that those and the memories and things that come flooding as your sports team, like hits a pinnacle is, is, is pretty overwhelming or can be anyways, you know? Um, but yeah, so, so was pretty lucky. I mean, my, 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 my family, very much a blue collar family. Um, mom worked at banks and, you know, uh, the cage in the casino counting chips and cashing you out, you know, very much those types of jobs. Um, uh, my dad worked his way up, had the same job for the same company for, uh, from the time that he was in his early twenties, um, all the way until he, he passed. He actually switched companies later in his career, but, um, uh, very much, uh, work boots, steel toed boots, work long hours, work hard, kind of where I got my, uh, just put my head down and figure out a way to get it done mentality. I think, you know, um, man, one thing that was always amazing was just, uh, how, how awesome he, he was with like, just taking me under his wing, not being his, his birth son and, um, uh, just mentoring me, right. Like being, being what a dad is supposed to be to a son. And I, I recognize that there are unfortunately too many other situations where you see, you know, a divorce or a split and the dad goes, right. Mm-hmm. The daughter, the son doesn't have that. And, and man, I can't imagine how much different my life would be if I, if he would not have stepped in when he did. Yeah. An observation I've made right away was that you refer to him as dad, not my stepdad. When did that happen? Yeah. Um, oh man, that took a while. That may actually have not have even happened until I was a late teenager, like 16, 17 style, right? Like, um, I, I fought that early on, obviously. Um, there were those times when, um, I wanted my, my birth dad back in my life. I think I didn't really, as a young, young kid, I didn't recognize that what was the underlying issue between my birth parents and why they couldn't figure it out and who is this guy and why is he telling me what to do? And, you know, there were without a doubt those moments, but persistence, I think, and his just continual nurture, um, including me in everything that, Hey, we're going to go ride dirt bikes. I'm going to teach Justin, my my brother to ride and you're going to come. We're going to teach you to ride too. And there was no like, oh, no, I, I'm not going to go. No, you're going, and we're going to learn, and we're going to do this. Okay. And then we have fun. And it's like, hey, cool. You know, like, <laughs> I, there's so many of those, of those memories. It's insane where, he, where I would have said no, and he insisted yep. on, on doing it, right? Well, I think this is a really good, a really good transition to even um, just, like, address this right now. Because I imagine there's fathers out there right now who have stepchildren, like, mm-hmm your perspective what is the top thing they should be doing right now to really have that relationship yeah i mean so you know obviously i wasn't i wasn't in those shoes but the thing the things that got to me were the inclusion um 
And the he he actually, for better or for worse, steered clear of a lot of the discipline for whatever reason. Um, and I don't know if that was good or bad. I'm just throwing out what my experience was there. Um, he, he, he would say like, you're going to have to answer to your mom for that one, you know? <laughs> and, and in a lot of ways, like, you know, a lot of moms for, for young boys, they can, they can let you have it, you know? So you don't want to have to go answer to mom. Um, and what's funny is that my mom with my uh, stepbrother would be like, you have to go answer to your dad. But so it was like, we do the fun stuff with, with each other, but the discipline stayed where you couldn't run from it. You know what I mean? Like I never, never disliked my stepdad because he disciplined me too much and I couldn't dislike my mom. She was all I had, right? At least in my young brain. Um, so the balance somehow worked really, really well. I can actually only remember, man, maybe a couple of times where he disciplined me and the rest of them were just like discussions on and when i say you know discipline like bad big time like getting down my throat like it was i really messed up i drew on the back of his truck tailgate with a permanent marker um stuff like that like that <laughs> that warranted some fairly serious discipline um otherwise it was it was mom and, it, and if dad had a talk with me it was like oh gosh you just really let him down you know that type of thing so it sounds like you Man, it sounds like you really respected him and all that. Yeah. Um, again, it was just one of those. Um, uh, you grow up in the inner city. You, you don't. I, I at the time I didn't recognize how hard it was and how hard he worked. And as I got older, it became more and more apparent to me um, as my uh, maybe circle of influence grew, as my friendship friendship circles grew. I became more familiar with other parents and how hard their parents worked or didn't work and what they were doing. And I realized like, man, dad's always working. And when dad's not working, he is tinkering in the shed, working on a four wheeler for us boys to go have fun with, you know, very much. Um, we can't necessarily afford to buy new dirt bike, new dirt bikes, but we'll buy these old ones and dad will get them running. So we have fun stuff to do like very much that, that type of attitude. And so even now as a dad, as a father, I'm like, man, I put in these long hours on a Friday night. Do I want to go out and like wrench on stuff for my kids? Like, yeah, I want them to have fun, you know, but this was just what he did all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and even now in hindsight, it's like, gosh, how freaking lucky am I? You know, it's, so it's really, yeah. 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 So you, you transitioned to your grandparents, you lived with your grandparents for a while. Yep. And Bill came into your mother's life and you moved back into with your mother. Yeah. Yeah. So when, um, yeah, I don't know when they first, uh, moved in together. Uh, I'd have to ask mom exactly when that was, but yeah, we, we moved back out of my grandparents' house. We moved, um, families in together. Um, and I remember that, you know, dad working on the house all the time, trying to get it up to snuff and not, you know, it is one bathroom, you know, home for, again, like, we just, it was, there wasn't much square footage there, right? Like no garage, um, the basement that was not finished. We do play games and have game nights and stuff downstairs, stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, so then it was a, I think it was like every other weekend I would still go to my grandparents' place. Like you see that arrangement a lot of time with, uh, with divorced couples, except for the fact that I wasn't going to go see my dad. I was going to go spend the weekend with grandmother, grandfather, I think a big part of it was my my stepbrother was heading out to his mom's. So it was like, 
Justin would go to his mom's, I would go to my grandparents, our parents would have their weekend together type of deal, right? And that was very much a different experience, right? Grandparents being obviously retired. Grandmother was the librarian at the local middle school or elementary school when she did retire. Um, A little bit more money, even though they lived in the inner city, things were just a little nicer, cleaner, organized. I think like most grandparents are, right? Like I even think about my my in-laws now, like everything's like covered and perfect, right? Um, But but yeah, so uh, that was very much a where where I continued to build that relationship with my grandfather, right? Um, watch the Royals play and you know get destroyed. Watch the Chiefs play and be okay and never really get through anything. Uh, learn to appreciate golf from my grandfather, who never played but would sit there and watch it for hours. I'd fall asleep, wake up, still be you know still be sitting there watching golf type of stuff, right? He would. He would take us uh, on what he would say it's tire kicking. So we drive to the local car dealerships and just look at the new cars and the window stickers and talk about cars, right? Like those types of things became prevalent. And I look forward to it every other weekend. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where that was, where that really picked up and started ramping up. That sounds like something I need to do, but I'm afraid that I'd buy cars every time I went. So. <laughs> Hey, you know what? If you don't have money, you can't buy them, right? So <laughs> that's the trick. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, what's interesting, so uh, fast forward a little bit further. Um, uh, he, in downtown KCK has one of the best public schools in the country um, where they bring in all of the, because um, it is inner city, they bring in all of the top kids from every part of the inner city. Um, it's called Sumner Academy of Arts and Science. You have to apply to get into it. Um, if you get in a fight, you get kicked out. You make us, oh. you know, under C, you get kicked out, right? Like my graduating class was like 90 people. So I got into Sumner and my dad had just happened to receive a job offer in Pennsylvania. And I was had already been, I was two or three years into Sumner and again, not having money, you get a good job offer that's going to move you across the country and completely change your fortune that you've been fighting your whole life. He had to take it. So my mother, my father, my brother, or my stepbrother, and I, they had since had my half brother, who's 10 years younger than me. Um, they all moved to Pennsylvania, Allentown, Pennsylvania, just outside of Allentown, Pennsylvania, yep. which is right just outside of Philly. And, um, and, and yeah, so I stayed and I moved in with my grandmother and grandfather, wow. which as a teenager, you can imagine what it would be like to be a grandparent. And then all of a sudden you've got this teenager uh, living with you who has never been out from under the, uh, the rule of his uh, very disciplinarian mother and, uh, you know, keep you busy, to, uh, you know, stepfather. Right. So, yeah, um, that was a fun and challenging time, <laughs> a time where uh, made a lot of mistakes, learned about a, a lot of things on um, how you can let people down. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of, I would say some regrets, right. Of, uh, little things like I didn't, I never really appreciated the, um, uh, the, what you can do with regards to like leaving a note for your parents or your grandparents as to where you're going to be so that they don't worry. Yep. Yep. You I know? love that. Uh, one of my wife's favorite shows is Arrested Development and, you know, the scene where the guy only has one arm, but they don't know that. And it gets ripped off like by a houseboat. And it's the lesson of the story was always leave a note. <laughs> always leave a note. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I, I, I'd come into the house at, you know, 
1 a.m. and my grandfather would be uh, sitting at the uh, dining room table uh, with a natural light and be like, son, where you been? Uh, he's like, I couldn't sleep. Dang it. That's how you know you messed up, right? And another one of those disappointing talks. So, but again, just became incredibly close with my grandfather over those times. As I was doing sports, wrestling, cross country, you name it, he was at every single freaking meet, every, everything. He didn't miss a beat. And I can't imagine like what that took from him from an, like an exhaustion standpoint, you know, as a, as an older gentleman chasing around this teenager, who's got to be at a way weigh in and in, in, um, at a, some school at 6am. And then he goes home, eats breakfast and goes back to sit in bleachers for seven hours while I wrestle, you know? Yeah. At that age, it's gotta be, it's gotta be difficult. So those experiences, like you're now a father of two and they're pretty young. What One's a year and a half, one's six months or six years. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mila will be, uh, will be seven here in about, uh, 25 days. So, um, oh. so yeah, seven year old and 18 month old. Time to sell up, get ready for that big celebration. It is. It is. Yeah. So like what, what lessons learned, what things have you kind of brought over from your own upbringing? Yeah. Um, so I think part of, a, a big part of it is patience. Um, it's something I think just about everyone struggles with, especially young men. Um, it's something that I struggled with for a long time. And if it wasn't for um, reflecting on my grandfather's patience with me and all the different times I should have left a note and all the different things that I, I just made mistakes on. And I'm like, man, in your age, with your wisdom, you were patient enough with me to sit me down and have a talk and say, this is why we do this. This is where you're wrong. And instill that at a, at a young age. Like I just, it, it, that's such an important thing that I don't know that I would have had otherwise. So yeah, it's, uh, um, I went to the Marine Corps, um, whenever I was 18, just despite going through that prep school, right? So some of these things are military banged into your head and other parts of it were coming from a couple of guys who, uh, I was very fortunate to have in my life, of course, but, um, the things that they taught me were maybe not fully realized until some of those other life things came in, right? Like when you had a, some certain lessons coming in the military and it's like, oh, that's why dad did A, B, C, and D, right? And these guys weren't even military guys, but it's just like things that they implemented saying, this is why you make your bed. You do this every day, right? This is why, this is why we get dressed a certain way. This is, this is why it's important for you to know how to tie a tie, son, you know, even though I wasn't going anywhere. You know, but grandpa made, this is why we shave every day. All of those little things that, um, that I can't wait to teach my son. I think a lot of that, it's a lost art. Uh, why is that? You know, I don't know. I went to a class with my son. It's a ninth grade class with, with, uh, with the church and he was going to, it's called man up and they encouraged dads to come. It's all like teaching them to tie a tie and, uh, how to shine shoes and how to change a tire on a car, like all these things. And I'm like, we have to have programs for this now. Yeah. yeah. When did we stop teaching this stuff? It's all stuff I learned when I was a kid, right? Um, so but it was an incredible program. <laughs> but right, it's, right. It's crazy that now we need outside resources to teach these things. Yeah. You know, I think it's something to tap into because like I'll I'll actually say I'm I'm the opposite. I never learned any of that. I was not taught any of that. So like you guys talking about it right now, you know, I'm I'm actually I'm a little clueless. 
you know, now, yes, I learned it in the military and everything later when I went into the army, I went into the infantry, but like, um, I think there's a whole generation that, that does need to be taught. So we do need to say like why these things are important and, um, and, and, and all of that, you know? Um, yeah. And is it just, a you know, gravitating away from you wear a suit on a plane, um, you know, uh, uh, culture, you know, that we've, mm-hmm. that we've just shifted from, right. Uh, you know, the breakdown of the importance of some of these things. And then we're totally, lo- it's totally lost on a lot of us now. Uh, but here, here's the, the odd thing. Like a couple months ago, my blower broke. And it's it's a really nice brand, and I'd had it for probably 15 years. And a leaf blower, it's super powerful. I'm like, what in the world? So I'm like, you know what? I bet it's a carburetor. So I had never done this before, but it's the world of YouTube. And I'm like, it's my job to teach my boys. This is this is what we got to do. So we sat there, watched it, and I said, you guys, this, you're going to be doing this this week. And I expected it to be a painful process, like like I was dragging them through mud. But once I gave them the tools to open up that thing. Like, uh, you guys, let's figure this out together. I know how to open it up, but what do you think needs to happen? We walked through that and, um, like it was, I couldn't get out of the process. Like it didn't, when we were done, it didn't work. I ordered, we went through the process. We finally figured it was the igniter coil. We replaced that. Like they now know how to rebuild a small engine. And I, if I would have gone with my assumption, they don't want to do this and just stuck with that. They would have not known. I'm like, what, what am I, what, what? Yeah. It's. And and the memory of doing it with you, right, right, is everything. Because in the in the, the memories are, yeah, I, I remember putting on uh, my 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 dad had built a little overhang for our deck because it would get super sunny and stupid ridiculous hot in the summertime, right? So he built this overhang, and he 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 roofed it as well, right? So we put roof shingles on. He's like, "Hey boys, climb up the ladder. You're gonna learn to put roof shingles on top." I've never done it again, but I remember it, yeah. you know. And I remember being up there. Um, I remember the music that was playing. Um, I remember all of that. And I don't care about the roof shingles. That that experience. My stepbrother, my dad and I, right? So sometimes it's it's about the experience. It's not about the 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 learning or whatever. Yeah, it's just creating the uh we say in the brotherhood we're a relationship business. That's what we really are. We're trying to get, you know, fathers to uh uh to create relationships with each other, right through the group, but also to improve their relationships, um, you know, with their wives and with their families. And I'm telling you guys, like I'm learning from you right now. Like this is where I fell as a father, as Scott knows, is like these types of things. So I was, you know, you talk about building, rebuilding a carburetor, and you talk about building, you know, overhang. I'm like, well, why wouldn't I just pay somebody to do that? But now I'm hearing you, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, like yeah. finding ways to create experiences. Yeah, right. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So that's why I'm like trying to pull this out, you know, a little bit out of you guys too, because like if I'm at a loss, other people are at a loss, you know. But like it, but I'm getting it. You're like the lesson right. is I'm getting it. <laughs> right, right. The uh, the the whole carburetor thing is a, is as a point in case is that that whole technology will be gone in no time. Mm-hmm. Like I've told the boys, like, we're going to build this. I hate smelling like glass any gas. Anytime I have to blow the, just blow the porch off. I want to buy a really nice electric one. So we're going to fix it to sell it. <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. Right. Had nothing to do with knowing how to replace a carburetor. Cause where in the world are they going to do that anymore? I mean, mm-hmm. right. They're not in cars. Unless yeah. it's an old car. Um, 
and small engines, those are kind of going away. So it is, it's, it, Josh, it is about the experience. Absolutely. And it's also about failing. I mean, we failed together. We failed. It didn't work. And so learning right. to problem solve and um, had I known all the answers, I wouldn't have done a very good job at it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a, what I would call master bike mechanic. Like, like a bike I can talk to, like it's a part of me, like literally something's wrong. I can fix it. I understand. I could go straight to there. So if I try to sh- tell my boys how to do something on the bike, it's ridiculous because I'm like, oh, it's just little, little, little. And they're like, what are you talking about? What? You know, all together, right? So it's almost better that you don't know. Like my dad, I've told this story before. Growing up, my dad decided that he needed to embrace the things that I was doing instead of hate them because he hated that I was a skater. And I was way into skating and I was that rebellious. Um, I was fairly good at it. So what did we do? He's like, um, let's go to, the, let's go to the, the hardwood store. I'm like, why? He's like, we're going to build a half pipe in our backyard. Year and a half. It took us a year and a half to build a half pipe. And what happened, of course, all now everyone came to my house instead of me leaving at middle of the night or whatever to go skating. But the point was, is um, there are so many incredible moments I remember with my dad going through that process. The things we right. spent on were like just as good of memory as the things that we did right. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think now as, as, as a dad is that I struggle with is slowing down on the things that I just want to get done to include my daughter, right? Obviously, like perfect example when um, um, we finished our basement here and we were painting. Daddy, I want to help. Okay, well, that means you're going to get paint everywhere. Um, I'm not going to go as fast. I'm going to have to teach you. But the plus side is way too big to not do it. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, that's the, I think the, 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 you can replace the carburetor. You could have done it way faster by yourself. Hey, babe, take the kids. I got it. Just, I need to do this. Or you could bring them in. Understand it's going to take three X as long, but provide infinitely more value. Yeah. So. I learned that from, from wild bill. I see why you do a workout. <laughs> it's epic. It's uh, it, it's, it's really neat. So you were telling me when we were talking earlier about something that you do. Um, for your kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I write to both of my kids, um, in a couple different formats, um, both electronic, they both have email addresses and in leather bound journals as well. This happened, um, it started. So again, kind of going back to the story here of, of my family. Um, when I, I got engaged to my wife and got a chance to fly up to Oregon where my grandparents had eventually moved so they could be closer to uh, the other part of the family um, and introduce my fiance to my grandfather, which is like a big moment for me, right? They hit it off. He's a goofball who would joke and she would, you know, jab back at him. It was absolutely amazing to the point to where whenever it was time for us to get married, we decided to go into uh, Northern California, just outside of uh, inside uh, Los Gatos, California to where my, it was close enough, my grandfather couldn't fly anymore, but close enough to where the family could drive him down and he could still be at our wedding. Um, and uh, it wasn't long after that, that we lost him. After we lost him, um, the job that I had, and this was again, uh, probably six months or so after I lost my grandfather, I believe, um, we had closed on our house uh, on a Friday uh, think or uh, Christmas was that next Thursday. And on Monday morning, when I went into the office, company filed bankruptcy, laid off all 60 people. So here I was first house, 
new wife, um, and no longer, no job and Christmas is this week, right? Um, so really, really, really rough time. Um, n- no idea what I was going to do, where I was going to go. And thankfully, I had my dad. And I could talk to my dad through things and bounce things off of him. But I felt myself needing words from my grandfather. I felt like I I needed to bounce it off of him too. I needed to hear him tell me it would be okay. I needed to hear him to say, do this, not that. Something, anything. And I had nothing. I could imagine. I could search inside my heart. But I hadn't. It, it was just blank. You know what I mean? Like you have that intuition of like, oh, he would have said this, but I needed more. So fast forward a little bit, ended up getting um, several different job offers. And even then, as I was thinking of the different, which one I would take, this one travels, this one pays more, this one pays less, this is that, this is that. Those types of discussions that you have with people that you trust, um, trust to talk about anything with and know that they'll guide you in the right direction. Again, I just found myself like, I've got dad. Thank Jesus. Thank the Lord. I've got dad, but I need, I need grandpa, you know, um, took a job, made the right decision to this day. It was an amazing decision. Awesome. Everything worked itself out the way that it should have. Um, and when, uh, my wife told me she was pregnant with the little girl with Mila, um, I, immediately started thinking like, okay, I miss grandpa so much. Like I would, he he never got a chance to meet her. He's not going to get to meet her. Um, I don't have anything that I could give to her to explain how freaking amazing he is and how everything that I can teach her, a big chunk of it's going to come from him. And she's not going to know it besides these old pictures that we've got. Right. So I made the decision right then and there that I would start writing to her. And that's where it came from, was recognizing a a little bit of my own uh, mortality, that I'm not going to be here for forever, that I needed words and something could happen to me tomorrow and I would not have those words to give to her. You know, when she becomes a parent, well, what was it like when I first became a parent? And is it okay to have that feeling of frustration and that lack of patience and fear? You know, I think that what you guys do is amazing because you guys open that up so that we can talk about it as fathers. And that's rare because a group like this, in my opinion, I don't know one that exists, right? right. So so you guys open that up for all of us to talk about. Um, but really, if you think about it, if you're not in this group, you're siloed. You're, you're on an island by yourself. And, and this is maybe it's, it's not even just fathers, but all parents. And it's always kind of a joke. Oh, this kid doesn't sleep. This kid takes the diaper off and rubs poop on the wall, you know, things like that. Um, but there's never that reassuring, I've been through this with you and it's okay, son, that voice, right? Um, so that's where the writing came from. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's powerful, man. Um... It's really powerful. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very lucky. My my mom died, um, you know, a couple of years ago too, and she did the same thing. And I'm gifted with while she was pregnant, the letters that she wrote to me. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm not going to get any further into that today, but right. gifted with that. And I understand. Uh, and it's powerful. So I'm I'm you know I just 
I just want to honor you too in that in that decision that you made. And thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited for your for your daughters and yeah, and your son. Oh goodness. It, it, yes, it definitely inspire. Actually, it, it inspired me because I'm like that is a it's it's it definitely takes some vision. It takes some tenacity and determination to do something like that and be consistent. And so, even while you were talking, like I, I that, that's going to be so hard to implement. But the power of it is incredible. But a thought that just came to my mind was, I could I you know I could literally in my morning routine add one thing where I write a note one liner to each of my kids every day because it'd just be part of the routine. And before you know, it, you yep. could have a compiled list of um, tips and tricks through life or whatever. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm right. completely inspired, honestly. Um, well, good, good. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, so here's my tactical breakdown on it and basically how I, how I implement it. Um, so I've got a, Again, a leather journal for each kid. Uh, I know that not everyone can see this, but I'm showing it in front of the camera case this ever goes to video. Um, so I've got one for each kid. The leather journals that I handwrite in are done every year on their birthdays. Mm-hmm. It is a summary of their past year, what changed in our family's lives, what I've, what I've seen develop within them. Um, it, it, it's that. Um, it's uh, it's really anything that comes from the heart that that occurred in the last twelve months. On occasion, if it's uh, an important life moving event, I will also go ahead and handwrite it in there as well. Obviously, date everything. Um, the email is my more immediate daily, or maybe not even daily. Maybe it's weekly. You know, I, I I'll take a video on my iPhone, send it to my daughter. Um, there's been times when I've sent her um, a mess, a video message, a selfie video message as I'm about to board a plane. Just tell her I miss her, right? I don't know when I will give either kid either of these. They may not have the email address till they're 20. They may not have it till they're 40. They may have it in their teens. I honestly have zero clue. Um, my wife has the email address, so she writes to both the kids as well, um, as well as my grandmother has the email address. She wrote her entire life story in the series of about 15 emails to my daughter. So my grandmother's entire life story is in there. So it's flooded with tons of just wanted to tell you good night all the way to here's a video of us, you know, working on learning to ride your bike type of stuff. It's you a, know? it's a, you're leaving a legacy. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's a hand, a life handbook, kind of like what you're saying, like, what would I, what would, what would grandpa want me to do in this? What would he tell me to do? I want to talk to him about this. And you're just leaving it like a digital imprint of that for, and physical. I think the leather bound um, handwritten journal is a really cool idea. No one would be able to read what I wrote, but it's still. Be- <laughs> that, is, that, that can be the tough part. Um, <laughs> that can be the tough part that, and uh, just trying to framing up the last 12 months and you know how time goes and it blurs together and I could see going to quarterly or every month even, you know, but, but, but once a year just felt right at the time and it continues to just kind of be what be the rhythm. Um, so, so yeah, when, um, um, when my, uh, when my, my father passed away, which was very unexpected, um, uh, completely caught off guard. That's when, um, 
that's when the writing got really, really tough. They didn't know how to explain that to an audience that had a wasn't defined by age. Does that make sense, right? Like, um, how do you tell someone who may be 13 when they read it, maybe 40 when they read it, you know, that um, what your feelings are whenever, whenever your dad passes away. Um, so that was, that was tough. Um, and so, you know, he, he, he passed away a, about a month before, um, you know, my daughter's birthday. So it was time to write my daughter's year long review. And it took me weeks to get through it. I was still mourning so badly that I couldn't even frame what I wanted to say. And a big part that I try to do is like give a little glimpse as to like what I'm looking forward to. And I couldn't, couldn't find anything. Like I was, I was freaking empty. You know, the, the two guys who I had relied on for every answer for, um, for everything were gone. And I'm the oldest son. So it was like, okay, cool. You are now the man of the family. And what are you going to do? Um, and I still have those times. Um, today did the workout, struggled afterwards, struggled big time afterwards, you know, started thinking about, um, us recording this and was like, what am I going to write to my daughter in 20 days? You know, um, got to put in something about dad and how you still miss him. Don't harp on that, you know, like, so yeah, yeah. Some struggles there still. But I, but I imagine in the struggle comes a lot of processing, uh, self-awareness of how your relationship is. I, I would imagine it helps keep you really kind of on track for the big picture. I would yeah. A, lot, a little self in, self-induced guidance going on. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in, in knowing your why, uh, that you do things that what drives you, why do you work so hard? Why do you take time off? Like, what are you doing and why are you doing it? Um, and so knowing that I am here now, largely for wife and kids and they are that why, um, is I don't, again, if I didn't have a great father and a great mother and, a, and and just good all around family mentors that were with me every single day. And you can have a mentor and mentors are great. I think everyone should have someone outside of the family as well. But in that family, you spend so much time with them that it's just another level of leadership, you know, that, um, you know, Josh, you say in the army, you know, you, you spend all this time with these guys and they're either going to prop you up or they're going to hold you back. And so that family leadership, that dynamic is so critical um, that that's, that becomes my why every day. So what do you do? You lead the family. You lead it through patience. You lead it through knowledge. You lead it through uh, tact and decisiveness and drive and not being afraid to, sh- to, to show your feelings and not being afraid to cry because um, they need to see that. They do. But I'm a little self-promotion here is that's the reason that um, something like the brotherhood is so incredibly important is because we carry the weight on our shoulders. So for we, we do it to ourselves, but we, I, I know I carry the weight of my family, their successes, their feelings, um, everything they're going through is all like, you know, it's weighted. And um, for years I had a really great support system relocated and I didn't have a support system. That's really kind of the crux of 
the the real epiphany to we need to, if if I want it we got to create it and um, right. you know where something like the brotherhood is like there's other men and believe it or not you're not the only one feeling that way and believe it or not they're not going to put you down for having that because it's going to resonate with them and sometimes that can't be someone right next to you because it it's different so, right yeah. Cre- cre- create what you wish existed or what you wish you had that was the whole foundation for me starting to write so it sounds like the foundation for you guys creating this uh, this amazing group you know to where we can all lean on each other and learn from each other um, which I'm very thankful that you guys did because I think this is awesome yeah I mean but but think of this the power the power of sharing our stories because you know you've shared your story and full circle to what you're doing now and that just that one action like it's it's the the massive impact that that can have because you know, maybe 10 guys do this, but it's passed from generation to generation and a family instead of like kind of staying stuck in a rut is continually building and building stronger and stronger every generation because there's this manual that's left. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And so every year you're taking, this is what I've learned. This is what I know. This is what we went through. And then they remember, I went through that. How can I improve? Like you think of the, the mass exponential change just by forming a place where we can share these experiences. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. How, how much different would your mindset be if you would have read your ancestors um, thoughts and feelings on a world war or on, you know, the, uh, was it, you know, the, the, the flu, you know, back in uh, the, the 1800s, right? A cakewalk. It's a cake. You, 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 you definitely have a different outlook. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, I just, I think as a lot of times we, we tend to kind of swallow our feelings up and, and be very prideful about them. But I'll tell you, you know, you mentioned the uh, rebuilding the carburetor. Um, I've still got the, the last text message. I've got my text message thread with my dad. And the very last one was about replacing uh, the thermostat on our hot water heater. And I was very much like, just replace a freaking hot water heater. And he's like, son, the thermostat is $12. All you have to do, and he just lays out the steps, right? So I fix the thermostat. It works like it should. And a week later, it goes out. He's like, I'll try this. I try it. It fixes it. And it stays fixed. He passes away. A couple years go by. And it fails again. And I, right there in front of the family, I just I just stopped. I just lost everything. I can imagine. That one little thing, it, it wasn't the fact that we didn't have hot water that night. It sucked. But man, oh, talk about a flood of emotions. So now it's like I look at a hot water heater. I'm like, stupid thermostat. Yep. <laughs> Royals won the World Series, you know, lost it for grandpa because he would have yep. loved it. Dad and I, every single training camp and off season was nothing but Chiefs talk. So you can see like they're making this run this year. And I'm just like, Oh, what am I going to be like? When, be and, 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 and I, and I was, and I was, you know, I celebrated like crazy and was a hot mess by myself afterwards, you know, and I get, that's completely okay. Yep. You know, so it is okay. And, and, and um, <laughs> the funny thing is we think we're suffering in silence and no one else understands. And it's, man, well, I, I almost like I'm super inspired. Um, just like, 
a really high level of almost pressure on myself to make sure I do this because I understand the massive value of it. And, and hearing Josh's uh, story about, you know, kind of the, the leave behinds from his mother, like, wow, like, wow, like, is this a lost art? Has it been taking place a while, you know, or, or like, how is this not in every life parent handbook? <laughs> Means, yeah. 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 Really, really. Yeah. I, Josh, I didn't, I, you're, you're the first person that I've ever, that I've ever heard that I had had an interaction with that had consistent letters. That is absolutely amazing. What a blessing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's really cool. And, um, it, it's kind of funny too, but actually, um, I have a book from my grandpa too. It's just a book See? that when I graduated at 18 years old, you know, he, gave it to me and it's just a simple thing. I don't even know where he found it, but it had prompts in it and he just filled it in and then gave it to me as my graduation present, you know, and it talks Man, all about yeah, his life and everything else. So I think, you know, uh, we don't generally, I would say have like massive action after these calls or anything because it's all about interviewing, but I think it's, um, it's up to the three of us, um, to make sure this catches on as a thing in the brotherhood. I agree. Yeah. I think any part of the brotherhood is going to see this in the future. I was thinking the same thing is this, we, this has got to be a thing. It has to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it without spreading this. If, um, yeah, I mean, if, if anyone out there that has not, not lost a parent, um, at this point in their life, you know, if you can imagine what that looks like in your world and all the decisions and what holidays look like without them, and then remove yourself and see what your kids would be dealing with if you were not here. Just do that logic in your head. And yeah, that, that, sh- that should give you enough to pick up a pen, in my opinion. Yeah, very small discipline that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, uh, Man, thank you so much for kind of just like digging into your heart and and let be and learn an incredible um, gift that we could all take on and pass. Along. Thanks, uh, thanks for, for for everything you guys have created and for the uh, the platform to uh, to share what we learn as uh, as as dads and fathers. And very 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 grateful for you guys. And thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. This week's episode with Nick was fire. And I think that you can agree that there's so much you can take away from these stories that men are sharing on our podcast. If you will, please hit that subscribe button. No matter what platform you listen to podcasts on, it's there. Do it. We would highly appreciate it. It's probably one of the best things and and most uh, beneficial things you can do to become a better father and to help spread the word about the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you want to take it a step further, join us on Facebook. Uh, We have the Brotherhood of Fatherhood page, which basically updates you on everything that we're up to. And then we have the Brotherhood of Fatherhood Facebook group. This group is for men uh, who are fathers, grandfathers, or expectant fathers and want to do their best for their uh, children and their wives and their families. And we would encourage you to jump in there. There's a lot of conversations. Men ask questions about the things that are going on in their lives. They ask for help and advice and um, share dad jokes, which is pretty epic. And thank you so much for uh, listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it.